You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fansided Network. Today's episode is brought to us by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is uh, not a game that the Timberwolves have two consecutive off days here before taking on the Utah Jazz on Friday night in Salt Lake City on New Year's Eve. So today on the show, I want to take a look back at December, the context of, uh, it really, I guess, through the lens of all the issues the Wolves have had related to injuries a little bit towards the beginning of the month, and then obviously health and safety protocols most recently. We knew coming into December, it was going to be a really difficult month, and the schedule was tough. How did the Wolves come out of this? You know, what's the record through December? How do we feel about it? And then looking ahead to January, just how winnable is the schedule in January? So that's what I want to do on the show today. We'll hit a couple of quick news notes, uh, news and note type topics here off the top. First, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. The show is free and available everywhere, of course. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, Spotify to the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Okay. Couple of quick news and notes. Uh, no updates as of this recording. This is early Thursday. Uh, no updates in terms of health and safety protocols. Players that may or may not be available Friday night in Utah. Obviously, things change very quickly. We had uh, Patrick Beverly and Nas Reed both come back on Tuesday night in, in the loss to the Knicks. And Anthony Edwards is out of, and so Story and Prince are both out of the health and safety protocols, but they're in the reconditioning uh, stage. So they're both trying to get up to speed, get ready to play. So just given the timeline since Beverly and had come out of protocols Monday and Reed came out of protocols Tuesday, they both played Tuesday, stands to reason it's it seems likely, and this is speculating based on everything I just said in terms of some of the other guys' timelines, um, seems likely that Edwards and or Prince could be available Friday. We don't know anything about D'Lo, Towns, or Vanderbilt. Of course, three of the Timberwolves' five preferred starters. Those guys are all still in health and safety protocols. Reed, again, he entered protocols, what, Friday or Saturday, came out on Tuesday and played Tuesday. So there's always a possibility. Now, they've also been out a little bit longer. I guess Towns has been, well, yeah, by the time they play Friday, they'll have all been out longer. Um, Vanderbilt's been out now since, uh, what, the first part of last week. So we're already going on 10 days for Vando being in health and safety protocols. So those guys would also very likely have a ramp up period. So I would not bet on D'Lo, Towns, or Vando being available Friday night. Seems pretty possible that Edwards and Prince could be available and hopefully also Nas Reed and Patrick Beverly. So we'll keep an eye on that. The other note is, is, um, Sad. Uh, Ricky Rubio, of course, uh, by this time you've probably seen the news, but Ricky Rubio tore his ACL again. Uh, of course, now of the Cleveland Cavs, but a, a two time Timberwolves player. And now, of course, starting with Kevin Love in Cleveland. Um, of course, he tore his ACL in his rookie season with Kevin Love in Minnesota. There's this weird 2012 to 2021 deja vu. Um, and I mean, nearly only a, what? three months short of, of a decade since that happened in Minnesota when he went out to guard Kobe Bryant on the perimeter and it, the Wolves were, what, a game under 500 in the thick of the Western Conference playoff race in the lockout shortened 2011-2012 uh, season. Completely changed the tra trajectory of his career, of Love's career, of Rick Adelman and the Timberwolves career at that time, or the Timberwolves uh, franchise at that point, really. Um, and of course, Adelman never made the playoffs with the Timberwolves in part because of that injury. And then the following year, the knuckle push-ups thing with Kevin Love and, and just this weird 
Timberwolves East snowball. And now poor Ricky Rubio is going through it again in the middle of a fantastic season after really struggling in Minnesota last year. Cleveland was expected to be one of the worst two or three teams in the league. I thought they would be. And Rubio's revitalized. He's been a huge part. He's obviously not the only reason, but he's been a huge part of that team being a surprisingly good team in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, sitting above 500 by several games and being well into the actual, you know, the what, the fifth seed right now in the Western or Eastern Conference. Um, so really too bad to see to see Ricky tear his ACL again. And, and obviously we don't know the exact timeline on that, but certainly would be, I mean, a year or so late next season at best would be when Ricky Rubio could potentially return. And he's about to hit free agency as well. So uh, really disappointing for Ricky. You got to feel for him and and uh, hopefully things turn out okay uh, for him and he's able to get back on the floor quickly and 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 get a contract too. get get a get get paid. Um, okay. So shifting gears, I want to take a look back at the month of December. We came into December knowing that the Timberwolves had really a murderer's row of opponents that they were going to have to face. It started out with, I mean, it started, the whole thing was tough. I mean, there was what, only a couple of games in there against teams that had losing records. Uh, we came into December at the, at the time when December started, there were actually uh, zero teams below 500 that the Timberwolves had on their schedule upcoming. Now, when they actually played every team, there were some teams that hit some rough patches and were below 500. Atlanta is one example. Well, the Wolves lost to Atlanta. Um, and, uh, you know, Portland ended up being below 500 when the Wolves played them and the Knicks also most recently. But, of course, they lost to the Knicks as well. So coming into the month, no teams under 500. I think there were maybe three teams that were under 500 when the Wolves faced them. Depending on what happens with the Jazz on Friday, because that is, of course, December 31st. Uh, well, let's, let's put it this way. So to this point, the Wolves are 5-8 and eight in the month of December. I honestly feel like five. there's a big difference, at least the way it feels to be five and nine for a month versus six and eight, six and eight is only a game below 500 for the month. And given how difficult the schedule was, if the Wolves pull out a win in Utah on Friday, I think we can look at this month and feel okay about it. It's silly that it, it, I'm, it we can argue that it hinges on one game, but I, I just think it five and nine does not feel like a successful month. Six and eight isn't either, but given the schedule and the, the circumstances, again, not terrible. So what I want to do is I want to look at the bad losses, the the good wins, uh, the excusable losses, just real quickly, and the impact of COVID-19 and health and safety protocols and, and all the, the difficult stuff that the Timberwolves went through uh, throughout the month. And, and obviously not just the Timberwolves, to be clear, but there were some teams they faced, including the Knicks on Tuesday, who were relatively healthy while the Wolves were missing a lot of their best players, um, not excusing that loss because it was bad. But uh, I think we have to consider that context as well. So we're going to do all that next, and then we'll peek ahead at January 1st, though. Let's talk about our friends over at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. So coming into the month of December, we knew that the Timberwolves were going to face a really difficult schedule. Um, I mean, as mentioned a minute ago, every team except for one uh, was was under five or excuse me, was above 500 coming into the month. And the month started out 
as bad as it could have, right? They won, going back to the end of November, the Timberwolves won seven of their final eight games in the month of November and uh, finished the month by beating Philadelphia in two overtimes. That was, that was right after Thanksgiving. That was on the heels of a great win over the Heat. Uh, they beat the Pacers by a couple, uh, the final game in November. So they come into the month of December at 11 and 10, having won seven of their final eight games. And they open with a couple of decently winnable games at Washington. Obviously the Wizards have been good this year, but um, I mean, that's a winnable game, right? They're, they're what? They're 500 now. They were barely above 500 at the time. That's a winnable game. Their third game of the month was at home against Atlanta, who's been disappointing this season. Cleveland should have been a winnable game. But instead, the Wolves started the month with a five-game losing streak and several of those losses were completely inexcusable. The Washington loss was was not great. They lost by eight. It never felt like they were really in that game, and they should have been. The Brooklyn game was super competitive, uh, and that was without Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, he didn't play in that game in Brooklyn on that Friday night um, due to the what was the the hip contusion, I think, or the tailbone contusion he had suffered in Washington. So no Towns. They go to Brooklyn, only lose by five to James Harden and Kevin Durant, and Durant had to take over in the final minute to win that game. So you follow up a disappointing performance in Washington with a great performance in Brooklyn, and then three consecutive duds of mediocre Atlanta team at best, and they've really struggled since this point. They lose at home by double digits to Atlanta when Towns returns and drops a 31 and 16. Then you get blown out entirely by the Utah Jazz, not a non-competitive second half against a divisional opponent that you played well last year in the Jazz. Um, And then they follow that up by playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in another completely non-competitive game at home. So a three consecutive home games, a three-game homestand, Atlanta, Utah, Cleveland, all those games, uh, what, I I would say uh, four of those six halves were completely non-competitive in that stretch. Towns was in all played in all those games. Uh, D'Angelo Russell did miss them. Um, he had he had the the ankle issue and missed all three of those games. But otherwise, I mean, you had Towns, you had Anthony Edwards, Vanderbilt, Beverly. This is all pre-COVID nineteen kind of wreaking wrecking havoc on this team, and um, just a really inexcusable stretch. So now they're eleven and fifteen, and then they go on the road and. We think things are about to get difficult with, you know, Portland's not great, but then you go to Denver, face the Lakers, face the Mavs, and the Wolves rip off four consecutive wins. Anthony Edwards is awesome. He drops 38 against Denver. They win both those games on the road, Portland and Denver. Denver games a blowout. And then they blow out the Lakers at home on national TV. They've won three straight. Then they beat the Mavs on that Sunday game right before COVID hits the team hard. Um, I guess Ant actually did miss that Sunday game because Anthony Edwards tested positive. Patrick Beverly tested positive following that Lakers game on Friday. And you'd still beat Dallas shorthanded and it's like, okay, well now you get Dallas again. And, and, you know, as long as this team stays relatively healthy and then the Timberwolves finish the month with three losses in four games as COVID starts to take hold of the team. Towns misses the Dallas game. Uh, then Tess, or excuse me, Towns plays in the Dallas game. No Anthony Edwards, no Patrick Beverly, uh, no Jared Vanderbilt. They lose in Dallas. Then they lose in Utah on Thursday. When Towns test positive, they find out early in the day, no Towns uh, shorthanded. Between Tuesday and Monday, or excuse me, between Thursday and Monday, they lose a bunch of other guys, D'Angelo Russell, Nas Reed. But then they beat Boston with, without any of their five starters on Monday and then most recently lost to the Knicks. So here we sit at six and eight on the, uh, or excuse me, at five and eight on the month. And if the Timberwolves beat the Jazz on Friday, they finish the month at six and eight, which is okay considering you played a really good, you know, you know, played the Nets, uh, played the Jazz twice, um, at Denver, Dallas a couple of times, the Lakers. I mean, it, it wasn't an easy month. And if the Wolves come out of it six and eight, knowing that they didn't have, you know, D'Angelo Russell for what, five games this month, Towns now has missed three games so far this month. Um, Anthony Edwards has now missed four or five games this month. So you had each of those guys for missing for three to five games, sometimes overlapping. Six and eight's not a horrible month. And now we look ahead to January. 
And things get a whole lot more palatable when you start looking at January's schedule. And, and I want to dig into that here in just a second. But just kind of taking stock at the end of the month of December, we're a little over 40% of the way through the schedule. We'll hit the midway point here in just a couple of weeks. And the schedule, before we get to that, it's about to get easier. The Timberwolves are still a top 12 defense by almost any metric. They're 11th in defensive rating, according to basketball reference. Um, and they're still playing really well on that end of the floor. The offense has still been really disappointing. And, and obviously, like the game against the Knicks, when they failed, they had scored 100 or more points in 20 straight games. On Tuesday, they scored, what, 88 against the Knicks? Um and they couldn't hit the broad side of the barn, shot 18% from three, made seven threes. Both, you know, the 18% and the seven made threes were both season worst marks for the Timberwolves. Um, it, just a miserable game. They missed, I think, more than 30 of those threes statistically um, or, or tracked as being open or wide open shots. I think it was like 34 of their, I, what, what was it, 38 three-point attempts were actually open shots. They just missed them. Um, and, and unfortunately, those nights are going to happen. They've happened way too much this season for the Timberwolves. The Wolves have had many games where they've just missed open shots. Now, not having the D'Angelo Russells, the Carl Anthony Towns, the guys who can shoot above 40% from three hurts. But, I, and I talked about this following Tuesday, in the post-game pod on Wednesday, following the, the Knicks game on Tuesday, is the Malik Beasleys of the world and the Patrick Beverleys, they the guys who are supposed to be Jalen Noel, who are supposed to be above average three-point shooters need to make those shots. Now, Noel is 40% for the season. He, he had a great game against the Celtics on Monday, but D'Angelo Russell is 33% from three. Uh, Malik Beasley is 34% from three. These guys are both supposed to be, I mean, D'Lo is probably more a 36, 37% guy, more about volume and distance than he is accuracy, but Beasley's a, f a 38, 39% three-point shooter for his career shot, 40% in a Timberwolves uniform coming into the season. These guys have to, Patrick Beverly, 31%, by far a career worse from three. These guys have to bring those percentages up if the Wolves are going to win some of these games. And the defense has been consistent. Um, you know, we know that they've had issues fouling. We know that opponents have shot a bunch of free throws against the Wolves. We know they've had issues on the defensive glass. That hasn't changed. But the other thing that hasn't changed is the opponent turnover rate. The Wolves are still forcing opponents to turn the ball over a lot. They they're, have the best opponent turnover rate in the NBA, almost 15%, to be exact, 14.8% of opponent possessions end in a turnover, which means at this point, it's it's a it's a pattern. The Timberwolves are good at forcing opponent turnovers. They're sixth in steals per game uh, across the league. They're fifth in blocks per game, and they turn opponents over. The fouling thing and the rebounding thing, so far, we talked about this at about the 20-game mark. Uh, I wondered if it was sustainable. So far, it has been. The defense has been good pretty much across the board. Um, now, of course, lately it's helped to play against, uh, you know, a Celtics team with no Jason Tatum and some of these other COVID and health and safety issues that have have plagued opponents as well. But there's nothing, I mean, we're almost halfway through the season and we can't sit here and, and scoff at, at the 11th best defensive rating in the league. The offense, so much of it's going to come down to making open shots. We know Towns is phenomenal. We know that Edwards and Russell have both had great games this year. But across the board, except for Towns, this team has to shoot the ball better from three-point range. They're still number one in three-point attempts per game league-wide, but they're 23rd in three-point percentage. And they've kind of fluctuated between like 20th and like 28th all season. They've been in the bottom 10 all season in three-point shooting percentage. Um, and it seems like oversimplifying it to say they just need to make open shots seems like a cop-out, but that's kind of the thing. I mean, like, yeah, sometimes the offense is sloppy. There's too much isolation. Towns doesn't get enough shots. But if they just make their open three-point attempts, then this is this is at least the offense goes from 23rd in offensive rating to like 15th, right? You're at least looking at a competitive top half of the league offense to pair with a top 12 defense. That's a playoff team. And the Wolves wouldn't be 16 and 18. They'd be 
18 and 16 or 19 and 15, if they could just make a few open threes against the Knicks, just make a couple of those and, and they end up winning that game. Um, the, the game's completely different. So on the one hand, it's, a, and I, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but it keeps being a thing. Like it's still a very tangible issue. If these guys just shoot their career averages from three, then this team's above 500. It's just, it's the craziest thing that that's what we're sitting here talking about. But um, that's, that's kind of been the biggest issue on offense for the Wolves. And I don't, I really don't think that that's oversimplifying it. Okay. Next, I want to look, look at the January schedule and, and how the Wolves might get off to a, a strong start here in January as things really lighten up schedule wise for Minnesota. First though, let's talk about our friends at Online. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues the march through college bowl season and the pro football playoffs are just a couple of weeks away. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. Again, promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021. And I guess we're a couple of days away now in 2022 calendar year. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's take a look at the January schedule. Um, so, obviously, the Wolves go to LA uh, Sunday, Monday. They play they play back to back games, back to back nights at Staples once again against the Lakers on Sunday the second, the Clippers on Monday the third. So, back to back in LA is never super easy. Last time around, they beat the Lakers, lost to the Clippers. Now the Clippers don't have Paul George, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. They uh, they just beat the same Celtics team the Timberwolves beat the other night. So, uh, I mean they're treading water at this point, right? I mean, they're still sixth in the West They're 18 and 17, but a very winnable game. And if Towns plays, the Wolves will be favored, I think, against both the Lakers and the Clippers on Sunday and Monday. So the Lakers are two games below 500 and tied essentially with the Wolves for the seven spot in the West. The Clippers are a spot ahead, a game and a half ahead of the Wolves and, and Lakers at 18 and 17. So both winnable games. And then the Wolves get four consecutive games against the teams that are, hold the bottom three spots in the Western Conference. Consecutive games against the Thunder, first at home on the Wednesday the 5th, then at Oklahoma City. So the home and home, Wednesday the 5th, Friday the 7th, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder are 12 and 22. They're second to worst team in the West. And uh, they, I mean, they've just kind of been, all season, it's been lose, you know, lose two or three, win one, lose two or three, win one. Obviously, Shea Gilgis-Alexander um, can go off at any point. They've still got some pieces there, but it's not a good team and the Wolves should win both those games. Then they go to Houston. That game's on NBA TV on Sunday the 9th and the Rockets remain, uh, they're, they're still the worst team in the West. Outside of that one really hot streak, they've now lost five in a row. Uh, they followed up their winning streak with five losses in a row. They have the worst record in the West and the third word worst record in the entire league at 10 and 25. So that's an extremely winnable game. The first time the Wolves have seen the Rockets since opening night. And by the way, the Wolves have only faced the Thunder twice too. So, or excuse me, haven't faced the Thunder at all. Now they get them twice. So no Thunder so far, the second worst team in the league. One game against Houston, which was the first game of the season, the worst team in the league. And then they faced New Orleans again. And the Timberwolves faced New Orleans twice the first week of the season, beat them once, and then lost to them. So that's another winnable game. Um, and we thought, of course, the Pelicans would be better than they've been so far, but everybody knew the Thunder and Rockets weren't going to be good. So that's four straight games 
against the three worst teams in the West. The Wolves have to win at least three out of those four. You figure they split the two in LA um, and you're looking at this at what, a four and two start, hopefully a five and one start if they can win all four of those very winnable games against bad teams and if they can get healthy. A five and one start to the month. Things get a little bit trickier there at Memphis is real tough. Uh, they're they're what, fourth or fifth in the West or currently fourth in the West. Um, and then Golden State, obviously still the number one seed. Um, or tied, I should say, number one with with Phoenix. Um, so Memphis and Golden State, but then you get the Knicks on the road. You get Atlanta on the road, both borderline playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn at Portland is very winnable at Golden State and at Phoenix consecutively are tough. And then Utah to finish the month. So you've got this six game stretch against both LA teams, the Thunder twice, Houston and New Orleans. The Wolves have to win at least four of those six, if not five. And then you get a few tough games, but then you've got the New York and Atlanta and Portland. Three out of four games are against New York, Atlanta and Portland. If they can win two of those three games, this should be a month where the Wolves easily have a winning record. Um, If they lose to Utah on Friday and they go five and nine for the month of December, they have to flip that around and go essentially the equivalent the other way. They have to go at least, I don't know exactly how many games they play in January, but nine and five or something in that neighborhood because of how easy the schedule is. And again, I'm assuming that they have, outside of COVID-19, the Wolves are healthy. They don't have any knock on wood injuries right now beyond health and safety protocols. So if these guys can get healthy, if Towns, if Edwards, if Russell can all get back by some point next week by those games, you know, if, if not, if it's not the LA games on Sunday and Monday, if they can come back in time to, to make sure the Wolves can win all four of those games against the Thunder, the Rockets and the Pelicans, then we're set up for a really good month and the Wolves will be in great position heading into February. Um, also break trade deadline, trade deadline, all that good stuff as we get more past the halfway point in the season. Cause right now the Wolves are tied for seventh in the West with both Dallas and the Lakers. And they're only a game and a half up on the Spurs. They're two games up on the Kings who are just out of the, out of the play in picture. Minnesota is only a game and a half out of the sixth spot. And of course the sixth spot is important because then you're out of the play in realm and there's actually Denver and the Clippers are tied at six. So the Wolves are closer to being in, in fifth place than they are to being out of the playoffs entirely right now. And yet they've played the last 10 ish days at less than full strength. They're actually really two weeks at less than full strength, missing the majority of their starters for the majority of that time. So you have to feel okay about the Wolves are at. Now, overall, this season, if you were saying 40% of the way through the year, the Wolves are two games below 500, that doesn't feel good. But given the context of December, knowing how favorably the schedule sets up in January, we can feel okay about the Wolves about their positioning right now, provided that Towns can come back, ramp up quickly. Edwards, Russell uh, can do the same. So look forward to what should be a really positive January for the Timberwolves. Uh, We'll of course have a show on Friday to preview Wolves Jazz Friday night and talk about any other COVID-19. Hopefully there's no, nothing but good news uh, on Friday related to that, but we'll preview the Wolves Jazz matchup, discuss all the news and notes headed into the weekend uh, as the Wolves get ready to go to LA on Sunday as well. Um, So first of all, uh, or I guess last of all, thank you to those of you that do make Locked On Wolves your first listen each and every day. Uh, of course, we're daily, Monday through Friday. We will have a post-game pod. New Year's Eve following Wolves Jazz on Friday that will post probably early Saturday. Uh, so you will have some some New Year's Day listening. Uh, hopefully the Wolves beat the Jazz Friday and it'll be a pleasant post-game podcast. But we're daily Monday through Friday with weekend post-game pods throughout the season. So be sure you're subscribed and following wherever you listen to podcasts. That now includes YouTube as well as all your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you like to listen. You can also follow on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Wolves, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. 
Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.